everybody. Welcome to Season 3 of What's IG and Crashing On. I'm Karen Walby-Solomon and I'm your host. And we're here to talk about what's hot in pop culture. Welcome to Episode 8 of What's IG and Crashing On. This week we're all about Halloween and horror. And I'm joined by the amazing... Sloan as my guest Hi. host. Oh, I'm so glad and I'm so happy to be back <laughs> talking about one of my favorite things, um, all things horror. And when we say horror, I don't just mean things that are genuinely scary. As long as there's an element in there that gives you a bit of a jump scare, even mm. if it's comedy horror, I love anything that's going to make me get a little goose flesh. So last year um, for Halloween, you did like a segment. So I thought now it would be cool if we expounded on it because, like, that was ages ago. That was season one. Now we're on season three. Exactly. (laughs) And you know what's so nice is um, a lot of the shows that I talked about in season one that were, I think I I highlighted, I Know What You Did Last Summer and Chucky, all of the old intellectual properties mm. that are being remade into TV shows, all of those shows actually started dropping now this year, like around October. So it's been yeah. a great season for me personally. And like it's, it is like they, I mean, I suppose a lot of things were delayed because of COVID and stuff, but it's like, but it's also like they wait until October to drop all of to the To drop shit. all of the scary things. <laughs> so what is your favorites right now? What are you loving? I don't know if I can classify this as horror, but I was so impressed with the last season of You that came out. Mm. And I spoke a lot of shit about it, eh? Because I said (laughs) the first five episodes were toast. I was not enjoying it. And then by episode six, I was just like, hold on, because I normally watch my things on 1.25 because mm. I just want to watch it and get it over with. And I was like, I need to watch this in normal speed. I need to experience this fully immersed in it. And I thought that the third season was absolutely great. And then there was a show that came out last year, if I'm not mistaken. No, it was this year, actually. I just Googled it. Called The Bite. And it was mm. a show, a miniseries, six episodes, starring Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black. Mm. And the icon, Audra McDonald, who oh, I wow. absolutely adore, stage and screen legend. And it was basically COVID, but the COVID evolved into almost like a zombie virus. So it was Taylor quarantined in her apartment with a guy that started to turn into the zombie thing. And then her downstairs neighbor, Audra who is a geneticist trying to figure this thing out. And I thought that was brilliant, especially if you can tell a story in five, six, seven episodes and keep it tight. Mm. That to me is always a great watch. So what do you think of like COVID order? Because like, do you not think of like it's a bit close to home? I do feel like, especially on TV, people are already going through COVID fatigue. That's why mm. I think the last season of Grey's Anatomy I burned that season. I didn't even finish that because that was COVID-based. But like with the bite, it's got an element of COVID in there, but it's not based in reality. So if you're going to do that, then absolutely go for it. Mm. 
I um I don't watch scary stuff, but I watched um season one of Evil. Have you seen Evil? I need to start season two, oh. and I'm excited for season two <laughs> because they moved to Paramount Plus, which means mm. that there's swear words in there now. And probably like sex and stuff as well. Yes, well, there yes. was this... there was. But, you can oh. get away with much more on cable and streaming yeah. than you can on normal TV. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch season two, though. Like I was like I was. When I first started watching it, like I couldn't watch it at night and stuff like that, and I then I got so stuck out in of it. My mind that first time I watched it with that sleep paralysis deep, <gasps> <in. laughs> and I think that's me. what I love because it was a scary, like the makeup and prosthetics and stuff. It looked genuinely scary, but you were so funny and so witty and so sharp, and that's what I love. <laughs> like even when I'm scared, I still want to be entertained first. But it's like I was terrified of that sleep paralysis thing, but it yes. didn't scare me. But then after a while, I didn't wasn't scared anymore, and I got <laughs> more scared of the weird, scary children. Like yes. that got me way more than that sleep paralysis demon. Um, but I saw somebody tweeting about how much they love like her children, and I'm like, nah, fam. Whose children? If there's children? anything that needs to the main woman's children. Yes. No, she's got like, way too many children, firstly. You cannot have four or five kids and they aren't even the focus of the show. Oh my gosh. I, I've never wanted to ex children, so I mean like, can't we just send them away on a trip? And Listen, <laughs> they can kill off some kids in the next season. Let's just <laughs> keep the stakes high at all times. <laughs> But um, have you seen the new, um, I know what you did last summer, because I know you were quite keen I haven't, it. and I want to, but I was chatting to a friend about it, and he said the first episode was a bit slow. So with those, mm. what I like to do is I'll wait until all 10 or 8 have dropped, and then I'll binge, and that way I get to enjoy it at my own time also. Because there's a new... Um, Chucky TV series also. Oh my gosh. And I no. watched the first episode of that and I was like, guys, how has this one doll been terrorizing us for the last 50 years? Can they not just throw this thing in a bin and set it on fire? It's plastic. Why but are doesn't we allowing it Chucky to get away with so much? Isn't that like what happens? Like every time I try and get rid of the doll, it comes back. Yeah, they just keep finding new and dolls they- to put this demon spirit in every time (laughs) and why must it be so ugly i was like who buys that doll like besides the demon thing who buys a doll for your child (laughs) are you talking about the doll itself or when the face is damaged no because right now he's like that's what i was going to say he's scary with the slashes on the face but he is Mm. absolutely at his creepiest when he's just in pure doll form before anything bad happened to him and the worst thing about it is because of how far we've come in terms of cgi and computer graphics and all of those things now the doll looks even worse it's so 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 good how lifelike they make those features because you'll literally just see the one finger moving and then i'll close my laptop and i'll take a walk <laughs> oh, yeah. but i'm a big fan of like i said the old intellectual properties Mm. Anytime that they, and when they do it justice, I think that is what 
keeps fans coming back because it's so difficult to launch things also if there's no name recognition behind it already. People are so reluctant to try new things. Mm. And what are your thoughts on the new Scream that's coming out? I'm very excited. I have been a Scream fan since day one. Sydney Prescott is my girl for life. <laughs> so, so late in the episode, um, I spoke to to Riva, um, who is a, a a horror fan on Twitter, mm-hmm. and um, she also like she said like you know, Scream is like is like the main OG, and everybody just loves. Like she's the one of the best final girls ever. She is the final girl, I would say. <laughs> no, actually, I take that back. No disrespect to Sydney Prescott as at all, but the true OG final girl is Laurie Strode. That yeah, is I was going to say in Halloween, which I actually watched um, in last week. Halloween Kills, and I thought that that was a bloody brilliant mess. It was just pure carnage. <laughs> The storyline was paper thin, but Michael showed up and he showed out like he always does. And I thought that it was such a great movie. And like I said, it wasn't necessarily scary. So I spent the entire movie just talking shit to the screen while I watched people get killed off. And I thought it was absolutely excellent. Um, For what I saw- it is not cinematic marvels mm-hmm. but for a horror movie that you know this is a an established brand that's been coming on for what 50 30 40 years now how long has michael been trying to kill lori now since like 77 <laughs> <It says> 70s <laughs> yeah like, exactly this i saw a tiktok where they were like oh michael can't you rest now <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> this lady is almost 70 and you're still chasing after <laughs> there was a tweet that I saw in this week um, of Michael sitting with the mask on at a table. And it's always, Michael, why are you killing me? Not Michael, what's killing you? And I feel <laughs> like Michael just needs to actually sit down with Laurie and have a conversation because <laughs> they keep going for each other. <laughs> Shame, yeah. P- poor Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be doing these movies. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be rolling in a wheelchair at the home, trying to get away from Michael, who is also in a wheelchair at the home. They are going to be going at a speed of 10 kilometers an hour, trying to kill each other. And this is all going to be before four o'clock because you know nap time is at four at the old age home. I love to see that. (laughs) So also like, um, you know, talking about weird situations, um, so and um, you said you were following the like what was happening with Ruby Rose on Batwoman. Absolutely, yes. So, so I, I don't actually watch Batwoman. Started watching Batwoman when it first dropped, mm. and I won't lie, Ruby is not the best actress. Mm. She's not the worst either, but she's definitely five from the bottom, <laughs> and. When she left the show, I thought, okay, this obviously means they'll cancel the show then because, I mean, you lost your main star. But I will say that the show the show has improved exponentially with the new lead. Mm-hmm. It actually is a much better show without her. And I was following the articles um, on TV Line about 
uh, coming out about all of these allegations about onset behavior and castmates making trouble. And then there was an article that came out in last week, if I'm not mistaken, where someone actually said she was the problem. And you have to be a really big pain in the ass for you to get fired from the show that you are the lead in. Yeah. But I've I've heard like okay, I mean I've I've seen like rumors and stuff it like that people have said, like crew members and stuff have said that she's not a fun person to work with. Yeah, apparently she was showing up late also and then that delays everything for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And especially in a, like, I get that you feel like you are the big star of the show because you are the name recognition. But anytime it's an ensemble show, you have to have to be accommodating of everyone else. You cannot be mm-hmm. the diva. It doesn't, it will never work because all of that background tension behind the scenes translates on the screen as well. You can see when people don't want to be in the same room with each other, as great of an actor as they are. Mm. It's Yeah, the, the chemistry shows. But, um, but I mean, you know, maybe some of our allegations are, are true. Look, I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying that I don't believe everything that she mm-hmm. said. She definitely did raise some points. And obviously, they need to investigate these things. But I think... For her, it would be best to just let this die and move on. Because regardless of the personal drama here, I think that the Mm. show has improved since she's left. Because the new lead and the cast, they actually have such great chemistry. So I think she needs to just let this one go and take the L. And they recast her character, didn't they? Like, I mean... They did. um, But the... The girl that they cast as the new Batwoman, um, she was only in like a few episodes. She was never meant to come in and take over as Kate Kane. Oh, but then, but because what I what I read was that you know there's a new character being Batwoman, but then Kate Kane is a new actor also. They just check, like somebody can. Yes, I I didn't watch this. So I'm like somebody can change yeah. faces. <laughs> yes. So when Ruby left, um, they cast a black actress, black gay actress, um, to play the character of Ryan Wilder. And Ryan Wilder, not to spoil anything for anyone, she finds the bat suit and puts it on, and then eventually becomes Batwoman by a season-long process of shenanigans. And then they did bring in a new Kate Kane as well. But they did all, you know how they do on the soapies where one day the face is just changed because of some weird <laughs> surgery and you just have to buy that this person's whole physical <laughs> appearance has changed. Oh, yeah. Like the, the bone structure and The everything. bone structure, the height, everything. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, the spirit of Marlena Evans is strong here. Don't they do that on Dynasty as well? Like, they did that on Dynasty. <laughs> they even had I love um, Helen playing her own mom on Dynasty once. <laughs> like, make it camp, do that. Exactly. Uh, if you're going to be ri- ridiculous, then just lean all the way into it. Um. So, but like in 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 other news, I mean, I don't know how much we can talk about this, but like, um. There's been a lot of news coming out about like bad sets. So um obviously the like the Alec Baldwin situation yes. is really sad. Um 
because I mean, like imagine you shooting a gun like you think it's part of a scene and it really fucking kills but someone. Dies. That's the thing, eh? I saw a thread on Twitter that um, Natasha Montlake did, where she explained yeah. that that gun that gets fired is only in the possession of the actor for the shooting of that scene. There are so many mm. people who are working behind the scenes to ensure the safety of these things that, honestly, I do think that it was an accident. Yeah. I would be blown out of the water if there is some big conspiracy at work here. Obviously, I also would love that because I love for drama, but I do <laughs> think that this was just an accident and a very sad one at that. But I must say, like, what kind of weapon, okay, I don't know, ammunitions expert or weapon master would you be to give someone a loaded gun? Like, we, I don't understand, like, what would need to go in. Like, I did read um, Tasha's thread, um, but, like, it's just, it's just wild. And I think maybe it is the conspiracy theorists in me who's watched too many, like, yes, like yes. CSIs and because stuff. Me personally, I'm still of the <laughs> thinking that, oh, no, when they film with guns, it's not real. Mm. They add in the me bullets too. and the explosions and the things in post-production and editing. Like, that is a plastic gun. You can go to ShopRite and get that same toy gun in aisle three. I didn't know that they <laughs> are using, like, actual real live weapons. Because that also makes me reconsider ever getting into acting or any kind of show business now that I know that they're dealing with live weapons. But now they're trying to phase it out, though. Like, people, they, they don't want to use it. Which is, I mean, surely they can make proper fake guns. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There was actually like, they can turn article. people into, like, yeah. Gollum. <laughs> but they can't make, us, make a fake gun look realistic. <laughs> Yeah, it's like some of the story guns that kids play with look realistic to look me. Look realistic, uh-huh. that's what I'm saying. I thought that they are just using fake guns from the jump. I didn't know that they are using actual weapons because now it's like, should we be filming with guns, guys? And they mm. said that it happened. It hasn't happened in so long, but it's still a bit much. Because there yeah. was an article on TV line also I don't know if you've seen that show, The Rookie, with no, but the guy that was it. in Castle, right? That's a cop show. Um, mm. And apparently the EP on that show said effective immediately they aren't using live weapons on the show anymore. Because obviously this is a cop show. Everyone is mm. carrying a gun on set or in their scenes. So this was like a wake-up call to the industry as well. Hey people could actually get hurt yeah and like maybe it also took like in like an a-list actor i mean okay we can we can argue with alex is a-list but i, think I he is. would still say that he's a-list i don't think yeah, that, that is think. something that they can take away from you you have to fall off pretty <laughs> hard to lose your your station like that yeah so i think like it takes like an a-list actor to have to go to the traumatizing thing like who knows if the same thing would have happened if i mean it would have been sad yes but like if it was for example on the rookie and one of the side actors you know they had to shoot like an extra. Live, I mean, yeah if it happened to an um, extra i absolutely guarantee you none of this would have been as big as it is it's only because it was alec or it was a big a-list star there have been multiple shows where 
people are getting injured on set, people are getting paralyzed on set, but mm. it's always stunt men or stunt crew or extras, never like anyone famous. So nothing really changes because mm. no one cares about the nobodies working behind the scenes. Sorry to say that, but that is the way that it generally works in Hollywood or in life in general. No one's going to remember Helena Hutchins' name two weeks from now. It's the same like um, in, um, I think in the, it was like in the 80s, um, Jennifer Jason Lee's father, um, he was killed on an episode of, of Twilight Zone with like a helicopter. Huh? Was, him and two kids were in like, um, it was some kind of thing, but they got like chopped in half by this helicopter. Oh my word. <laughs> and they were like murdered, murdered. And um, and the, the director, John Landis, he still went on to direct like, <laughs> um, to like coming to America yeah, no. and all of that stuff. And it was just like, oh, that was a sad incident like for my career. But like you still went on to do really big A-list exactly. things. And, but like, you know, it's because of, of like, I mean, obviously the director is the person in charge of the ship. So, I mean, what's been coming out and I think is great about social media is that all these crew members can, can like say they say, and they were saying like, it was unsafe working conditions. We all, we, we, we walked out because we union and they just replaced us mm-hmm. in a couple of hours with non-union exactly. people. So, so it's you know, never now, to be taken seriously if it's not anyone big. Yeah. So, okay, okay, let's move away from this onto happier news. So, um, Courtney and Travis got engaged this week. Travis. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about Courtney and Travis. Are you a fan or? I don't want to say that I'm not a fan because that would make me sound like I'm anti Kardashian or whatever. But. Mm. I think I might have also aged out of caring about the Kardashians <laughs> in that way. I was obsessed when I was younger, but I am happy that she is happy. And obviously mm-hmm. with someone who she genuinely feels like she is ready to settle down. Because I read somewhere that apparently Scott did ask her to get married a few times and she told him no every time because she would never mm-hmm. wanted to be married to Scott or Scott was never ready for that type of commitment and now she's settling down with Travis because she sees a potential life partner in this person so I am happy for her I was just think that like like because I feel like I saw this coming because he just seems extremely into her like you know he just like he seems like you know he's like 100% Courtney and I don't know if it's a show or what but it looks I don't like think that genuine. it is he might genuinely just love her yeah, which is which is more than like I'm not like saying that Scott of... didn't. Oh no, mm. let's not even mince words. Scott <laughs> was hot garbage from the jump. The only thing good yeah. about Scott, but what is Scott was how strong his swimmers are. <laughs> but also, like it always felt like she was more into him than he was into her. Like with the show, I'm saying, like I don't know about other things, but like. When watching the show, it felt like she was, was raising one more child than she actually had because Scott mm. was more of a child than a partner. Mm. But apparently, no, exactly. the, the engagement 
got filmed for their new show on Hulu. So I'm excited to see how yeah. they play that out on television because I don't think I've actually seen the engagement. I've only seen pictures of it. I don't know if there are any videos out online of the actual proposal. I don't think so. I'll probably only just watch a clip. I like just like you about being aged out. I don't think I have it in me to watch another Kardashian show. Um, oh, I'm not going to watch the uh, show so at I will all. Probably... But once the <laughs> once the clip is out of the episode, <laughs> once that hits YouTube, I'll definitely watch that. Yeah, same. Um, but happy for them. They seem like cute and and she's also she's been she's always been my favorite. So I'm glad that. And, you know, she's found love, and I hope it's healthy and good for her. Exactly. Um, so now we're going to go into um, my my chat with Riva. Um, she, we just we just spoke about Harder, and it's mostly just her talking because I don't watch Harder. So just like you in the beginning of this episode, it was me going, mm, sounds cool. Does that not make you, does that not make you scared? <laughs> yeah, so... So now we're going to go into my chat with Eva. Hi, Eva. Welcome to What's IGN Crashing On podcast. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Um, so it's Halloween coming up. And depending on when you, <laughs> when when the listeners listen to this, um, so so like obviously it's 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 the time for like spooky and scary and freaky films and because yeah <laughs> i am a, a scary cat who doesn't really watch um harder and i want and i'm sure a lot of the listeners do i thought i would chat to you because um you are such a horror fiend and I've been following you on Twitter for so long and you do your excellent film um, reviews and recommendations. Um, and, you know, I will, I will link your, your Twitter in the, in the show notes and stuff, but like, you know, it's such a great thing for, for, for people to find new things. So I thought I'll get you on to chat about um, some of your favorites and what do you think people should be watching? What is it about horror that you enjoy? Okay, well, the thing is, I've always been a fan of the genre. And mm. if I break it down, what particularly I enjoy about it is that it's a form of escapism. Like mm. any fantasy film, it's a form of fantasy. You know, you can be terrified, but you're still safe. Yeah. You're safe in your room, in your house. There's no one um, jumping out of the wardrobe or there's no killer clowns that live in the bathroom. <laughs> it's, it's not real. So it, it's a form of um, fantasy for me. And what I really, really love about it is that I can get so into it. It's like an adrenaline rush. You know, what's the noise? And is that a ghost or is that a tree? And it's just escapism. And I can enjoy it without actually being part of it. Yeah. So that's what I really love. I, I love about it. I just think it's really fun. And it's it's a great form of storytelling. Uh, yes, it's pretty dark, can be dark. But I do think that it can be really fun as well. Mm. And, it, and it must be like, it's, it's a pretty creative thing to be able to, to, to like, to work out what will scare people and be able to do that correctly. 
yes, it is very creative. It's very psychological. You have to mm-hmm. find out what scares people because not everything scares people. People mm-hmm. would be more scared of ghosts or more scared of um, bad dreams, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of um, texts that horror film makers do is the jump scare. You don't yeah. know what's coming. You don't know. You can't prepare yourself, basically, for what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're fighting an otherworldly creature, you don't know how to defeat it. You don't know what you can do in that situation. So I think filmmakers, horror filmmakers, play on that fear. And they also play on fears of things that can happen in your yeah. home, like, you know, home invasion films. They also play on that as well. So I think that it's basically they, in a way, exploit what we are afraid of in order to make a horror film without us actually being in danger. Mm, that's so true. So what would you consider to be your favorite like horror film? Okay, that's a pretty easy one. I'm um I'm a big fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Oh, I'm classic. a big Wes Craven fan. Yes. And it's the fourth film in the series that's my favorite. I remember watching it many years ago. And the fourth film is called The Dream Master. Very 80s, very B film. Mm. But it has one of my favorite final girls in it. And her name is Alice. And I just related strongly to that character. So for me, that film would be my go-to watch um, mm. if I'm feeling in the mood for a horror film. <laughs> So, so what is a horror film that you think is like extremely underrated? There are quite a bit of horror films that I think are underrated. Um, it's usually horrors that are independently made. Mm. They have less influence from the studio because when you make a film, obviously you know that it, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. You have to answer to studio heads, producers, writers, actors. So when mm. I like independent, really uh, horror films, um, so if I'm going to say the top of my head, I would go with The Dark and the Wicked, I Trap the Devil, and Coherence is a really, really good film. Uh, so these all came out a few years ago, so they should be easy to find. Okay. And, and what is one that you think is overrated? Okay, so I, I'm probably going to make a lot of people upset, but I think the It remakes ah. that came out recently are, are not but I would consider very well done. <laughs> it, I, I just think that they present it as sounds are scary and that's it. So the kids are scared and therefore you have to be scared. It doesn't explain anything well. It, it doesn't explain why um, this creature kills children. It doesn't, it, it, it gives you no backstory. You're just supposed to be afraid of something because it's there. Um, if you really don't have a fear of clowns, it wouldn't be scary to you. It uh. would come across as very silly. Um, other films that I do think overrated, I would have to say films like The Blair Witch Project, um, found footage is not for me. Oh. And I, I don't want to make people upset, but I really liked Hereditary. Mm-hmm. But the final act of the film made it seem really goofy. <laughs> if you're going to do, it came across almost as 
comedic. If you're going to do a horror comedy, you need to do it well and stick to that genre. Don't make it serious because that's not the tone of the rest of your film. You have to, if you're going to make a horror comedy, for example, mm. stick to horror comedy. If you're going to do serious horror, which the beginning of Hereditary was, 90% of the film, it's fantastic. And then the end happens and you're like, you're sitting there very dissatisfied. I didn't know it was a, it was a wink comedy. I, mean, I haven't seen it, but I mean, I, like from what well, I saw, I thought it was a very serious movie. No, it is. That's the thing. If you look at the trailers, the reviews, 90% of the film is quite serious. It's quite scary. And it really unsettled you. It's an unsettling film. But I think in order to tie up the plot you know cover mm. all the whole I I didn't particularly like the last act I didn't think that the conclusion worked with the rest of the film so if you do watch it maybe you don't understand you know what I'm saying mm. but it, it's it's very much that 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 for me disappointed me I sat in this I remember watching it in the cinema and I was left wanting I was like that ending just didn't work which is a pity because it's a great story great acting I mean I really loved it but it's just the end I would re-watch it and then not watch the end (laughs) so yeah but I thought it was other than that it's pretty good you know what you were saying about it like um I remember the like I don't know if you're gonna have to correct me but like the the previous adaptation I don't know if it was like a tv movie or what Yes, it but, was. It but was I remember people were like terrified after that. And this, after this version, people were mainly, it was just like memes. <laughs> just... No, you are, you are absolutely correct. The, it's the mini, it was a TV movie. It was a mini series. Um, then came in two parts. It was, it was really oh. long. Um, I remember watching that as a kid and I rewatched it many times as an adult. It's still scary. It's very unsettling, it's very creepy, and it explains it well of why it needs to be scary and, mm. and why you need to be afraid. That's a lot of the why component of horror films is what would make it very interesting. You, you can't just be afraid of something. It needs to be explained to you why you need to be afraid. And I thought the remake didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the It film of, I think came out in 1990, it did that and it mm. came out at a time where you know I think that there weren't too many clown films and I think it became overdone so we if you watch it as an adult I still get creeped out mm. um because I just think it's done really well and Tim Curry who plays it is great as the killer clown so I think that's why um it still works yeah, he's, he's great as everything. He's such a good actor. Oh, I love him <laughs> in everything. He's so good. Oh, my gosh. Um, so what do you think is a good anti-level uh, order for, like, non-order fans? Okay, I would start with the classic. I wouldn't want somebody to be introduced to a lot of gore and blood and guts mm. because that a lot of people don't like that. And I think that can be overdone in films. So I would start them with um, Halloween, the 1978, the first, very first film by John Carpenter. And it's very simple. The simple story, it's effective. 
there's not much blood and guts and it's very brilliantly done it's a simple story with uh on the loose like you know the story and mm-hmm. he hands down people on halloween i would also say you know alien the first alien is very good the shining and mm-hmm. it the first one but if we're going to get to more films that are easier to find i would say dawn of the dead 2004 insidious get out is obviously you need to watch and the conjuring mm. i think that the, the james james wan does a pretty good beginner horror i would say so try that his film i um i was like 10 or something like that and i was away on like this trip and this this these older kids were literally just telling us the story of the shining Now, obviously I've I know more about it <laughs> since and like they were just telling the story as if it's like something that they like created in their head and I was terrified like, <laughs> was, like I was getting flashbacks as if I had watched this for myself <laughs> and I was like you know that is good if you can if someone can tell your like a sto- the story of your film and like it can scare in that sort of way without you even needing to show something and it's your No. <laughs> exactly. So if somebody can make you scared by describing the shining, then you know that the film itself is pretty scary. It mm. is I've watched it so many times. I remember being at university and my friend was studying film and she said this Friday we're going to watch The Shining. Please come watch with us. I said of course, I'm you know, I'll definitely mm. go. So we go and we were the only two people there. Yeah, I probably skip that so, and listen. <laughs> I was so shocked. I was like, <laughs> even if you've seen it before, you have to rewatch The Shining. It's mm-hmm. it's just a brilliant piece of cinema. And I would recommend that to everybody. Whether you like horror or not, just watch The Shining and you can never watch another horror again. <laughs> so so what is your favorite like recent horror film? Okay. Um that's very easy. I watched the the new Candyman. Mm. I thought it was brilliant. It the the new take I don't want to give too much away because I don't think um I don't know who's watched it. But I will say the transition from being this boogeyman mm. to being something that can be conjured to right wrongs especially for um the black community. in America mm. i think the, the the transition from from boogeyman to from folklore to this real in physical entity that can help people in situations i thought that was a brilliant change it was a, a very relevant change and there's a lot of social commentary in the film so i think it's made for today's time and I do think it would have influence in other films which I hope it would. I like horrors that are relevant and important as well as they can be fantastical. I thought Candyman is a film that you should watch today, especially if you care about history and people's experiences, especially people of color. I would think so. You would need to watch that film. And if you want something not as heavy i would recommend the power it's a british film 
pretty small home. Uh, it's about a nurse who works the night shift in a hospital. And it would be great for South Africans to watch because they were experiencing load shedding in the film. So it would make sense for South Africans to watch that film. I think they could relate. Uh, um, I, I want to ask you, so like um, you were saying about Candyman, um, mm. it's, I've, I've like I've read before that people a lot of horror films like follow uh, like like current events. So people were saying like after nine eleven there was a lot of like home invasion films, and you know like and now you know if you look at Get Out and Candyman and a lot of those Jordan Peele films that sort of like fo- like offer commentary on like race relations. Um, what do you think of sort of like the harder sort of like offering a different type of social commentary on on issues or like reacting to what the world is? I think it's a necessary step in order to keep horror relevant. Mm. Because like I said, horror can be fantasy and you can escape into this other, uh, you know, other universes and other worlds. But I do think they need to be horror forms that need to be socially relevant like Candyman, like Get Out. Um, it, it's just, you have to find, I don't want to say it's like a gimmick, because it's not a gimmick. People's lives are important and the experiences are important. And if you have it in the form, you need to treat it with respect. And what Candyman, for example, does, it treats the lived experiences of Black people with respect. And it shows what they go through every day. And they, how their lived experiences, um, you know, compare with the, this idea of this boogeyman that can be, that be conjured. Like in, in the film, they talk about um, the original man who was handing out sweets to the children. And he was killed by the police. There was no trial. There was, no one was charged with a crime. And it was revealed that he wasn't actually a bad man. He was just a really sweet man who would give candy to children. And so it's like police violence and that police violence is still happening today. So I think in order for horror to remain relevant and for the genre to grow, it needs to have forms like this. Mm. And yeah, it's probably a natural progression. Um, It is. Yes. So what would you say is your favorite horror TV shows? Okay. Well, I would say I'm a fan of, well, watching a horror series. I still love Goosebumps, you know, Tales from the Crypts, The Outer Limits. If I'm going to do more current, I would say Hannibal is definitely Mm. one of my favorites. Penny Dreadful, which I think ended too soon. I'd like to see more. But I think the ultimate, uh, my favorite would have to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. Yeah. Perfect. So <laughs> those are, like, Buffy is, you know, has inspired so many series. I mean, that really set the bar mm. really high. So I think that would be those that I mentioned are my favorite. Oh, and X-Files. I remember growing up watching that. I used to love the X-Files. Oh my gosh, I used to get scared for the ads that used to come on ACBC 2. Like, just seeing, like, when they're coming up tonight, I'm like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I remember watching the X-Files 
And I don't know why it would freak me out. Just the theme song and yes. you know, the intro music. Mm. It would freak me out. And but I I was like, I am going to watch the X-Files. And um, you know, I was like, maybe this week Kali will believe, but yeah. It's it's, yeah, it's, it it's really smart that they did it though. Like to also I, I like, think it was easy. Do you not think that like like with TV shows it's it's kind of um it's 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 different in that you know you got to kind of like have that sort of scare aspect every week whereas you know in a movie you just have like you have a, like an hour and a half in which to do it and when it's done it's done so you have to with yeah. the TV show you have to build it up every week and even though you know that you know, there's a probability your your heroine or your hero is going to survive because they're going to be there for the next episode. I mean, I I know Buffy dies and then comes back and stuff like yeah. that. But I mean, like, you know, she you might, know she dies twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know that they, they probably will still be around. So the the risk is lower than it would be if, like, you know, you have one film and you don't know if everyone's going to die. So, um, like, it's, yeah, it, it is an art in itself. It is. I think that, you know, TV horrors are great because you can have your your main character die a few times. They can come back. I mean, Supernatural did that. Mm. Um, but I do think that with films, yeah, you know, you could, you have an hour and a half to two hours. You got to tell your story. You got to get in and get out. But, mm. you know, the problem is that when you have sequels and sequels, kind of take away that aspect of how can I say this see the first film you're very into it you mm. you want everyone to survive obviously not everyone does and then at the end of the film you have your final character and they are triumphant mm. and then the studio comes along with the second film and it's watered down and suddenly you don't care as much Mm. so that's why I think TV shows are great because you can have especially like limited series you can have six to eight episodes flesh out your story your characters and it's done mm. um, yeah because I'm like, I'm not a big fan of sequels I think that sequels tend to undo what the originals yeah if you cannot better your story don't make a sequel don't make a franchise. It's just it won't do your story any justice. So, 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 what are your views on the upcoming Scream sequel? Gosh, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I have to be honest. I will complain that <laughs> oh, there's so many sequels, but I'm gonna watch it. That's that's the honest truth. I last week I watched Halloween Kills, mm-hmm. um, and. I did not enjoy it. I'm not going to say much about that because other people should watch it. Mm. But I will be honest and say that I was unhappy. And, it, you know, it's so sad because I love the, the franchise. Mm. Um, but I'll be, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to watch the new Scream. I have to. <laughs> I have to know what happens. I've grown up with these characters. Yeah. You know, that I want to see Sydney, you know, show us what she's got. She's a great final girl. She's a great character. And what I love is that, you know, she survives. I don't know how. She's got no special skills. <laughs> but she's, she's a survivor. You know, <laughs> she's got her, her will. She survives by sheer will. And you have to love that about Sydney Prescott. So <laughs> I'm 
definitely watching that movie. I'll complain the whole time, but I'm not watching. <laughs> but um, Riva, thank you so much for joining us. This was lovely. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm I'm just happy to talk to, about horror, and I hope <laughs> other people get into it. And they are more than welcome to ask me about it, and I'll recommend a film anytime, any anywhere. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Riva. Okay, welcome back to our favorite segment of the show, where we talk about what we've been crushing on for the last few weeks, um, what we've been super into. So, Sloane, as our guest, I'll let you go first. Um, what have you been crushing on these last few weeks? I think that my answer might be... I don't know if this is going to be a weird answer, but my sp- what I've been crushing on recently isn't necessarily a specific TV show or I'm really, really impressed right now with the amount of streaming services out there. Obviously, mm. I can't use the P word here, but mm. we don't get all of those streaming services here. But the content that's out right now that are on all of these different services, I think we are in the golden age of television right now. Mm. And it's so nice because, yes, you've got Peacock, you've got HBO Max, you've got Paramount Plus, you've got Disney Plus, and they are putting out content that blows Netflix out of the water because Mm. there was a time when Netflix was all we had. And I think that they are putting so much money into quality television right now that TV definitely is the new movies for me. And what I love about the streaming services is that they are so diverse in how they deliver the content also. Because you've got some shows that will drop all 10 episodes at once, which is Mm -hmm. great. But then you've also got um, Today We Watched Top Chef Family Style. And Top Chef Family Style is on Peacock. It's hosted by Megan Trainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a top, you know how the Top Chef concept where they cook, but it's a child and an adult family member. <laughs> the two of them come and cook and that they drop weekly. So it's like you're following on normal TV, but the quality of everything out right now, I think is absolutely excellent. Okay. I um for me like I've just been like super into okay I don't know about super into but the last few days um I went to watch Dune on Friday mm-hmm. and um I actually mentioned this on a previous episode of the podcast but I watched the 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 older movie earlier this year and it was like the most trash I've ever seen in my life like it wasn't even like a you know like one yeah. Like for me, I'm it wasn't sure. even like fun. Like it wasn't even like you know, you know, it when something is bad. Groundbreaking like... for its time, but if you look at it now, it's just uh... no man. It's not even bad. <laughs> I was like, how did Star Wars come out before this? But even Star, like you know, Star Wars is, is the special effects now is like, but like even that was better than this. It was just not, and I didn't. It was too so many white people whose names I didn't know, and it was so confusing. And like the fighting was stupid and just like weird. Like I just did not know what was happening. And then I was like, so I was a bit skeptical going into the new Dune because I'm like, you know, I know um, Denise Villeneuve is a very good filmmaker and mm-hmm. all their hooters and this this cast of Kwai, but like, how are they gonna make this 
because uh, I mean they, they previously said that that Dune is unfilmable, like it's whatever. But like I'm like, how are they gonna make this good? Like at most you can make a good camp film, I think, out of this. But like, but it was really, really good, and I was like, really, yeah, I was like no, into it. I wasn't planning on watching this, eh? And you know, <laughs> I take your word as the law. So if you say that this is good, I'm going to watch this. So I need you to be honest with me. Was it really that honest. good? It's like, um. I don't know what it is. Like, I can't even put my finger on it. Like, maybe it's just like, you know, I, I, I like the cinematography and the sound effects. And I just got into mm-hmm. the story this time. And, I mean, it has Oscar Isaac in it. And he's like, he looks so liquor. And looks uh, I'm not a big Jason Momoa fan. But he looks good in this movie. And, like, it's and like just everything just worked out nicely. I'm not, does this sound weird? But, like, something about Rebecca Ferguson's face annoys me. Really, I, I love Rebecca Ferguson. I don't I even like, know nothing... like when she first popped up, but every time I see her, I'm just like, "Oh my word, I know you!" <laughs> and I she does action quite well, and I'm just really impressed every time I see her on screen because I know I'm not going to remember what she did, <laughs> but I know that she's solid. I know she won't be but, the weakest link. Yeah, but she's quite good in 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 Dune, but. I will say I did watch it at the movie, so I don't know if I had watched it at home if I would have enjoyed it as much because I'm like I'm a very I get very distracted when I watch things. So I'll be like on my phone. That's why like... I hate watching <laughs> movies at home because for me to sit down for ninety minutes minimum to two hours, you will never hold my attention that long. Mm. I have to go and see a movie in cinema where I can't be on my phone, where yeah, I have so... to just sit and focus on the screen. So I actually do think of that, like, added to uh, why I enjoyed it so much. Because it was like, I was immersed in it. And, like, it's because it's like, you know, with fantasy, it's like a whole new world you have to get used to and that kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Um, Like, no, really. It's like, if I had watched Lord of the Rings at home for the first time, <laughs> I would never have enjoyed that, that movie. Never. I know myself. <laughs> 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 but anyway, yeah, that's my recommendation, Dune. Um. But yeah, um, thank you so much for joining us on the thank episode. You Welcome so much back for having me. It's always a pleasure being here. Yeah, we will see you soon again, probably. Absolutely. But yeah, so. But thanks so much, Sloan. Um, bye, everybody. Bye, see you everyone. in two weeks' time. The show is produced by me, Karen, and Rebecca Barches. The show is edited and engineered by Rebecca Barches. Our admin is done by Leanne Philipson. Our logo was designed by Nathifa Maruf. And the show was created in partnership with IGN Africa. If you like the show, tell everyone that you can, any way that you can. Keep up to date with our episodes by subscribing to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate and review the episodes on Apple Podcasts, as it helps others find the show. We'll be back in two weeks with another in-depth conversation with a pop culture lover. See you then.